0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Chris Mercer, and we're going to explore the concept of attribution on Google and on Facebook. It's a tricky thing. We're going to get into a lot of interesting tips and techniques and thoughts about how do you track uh, what gets credit for the sale, especially when there's multiple points along the sequence that lead to the sale. I think you're going to find it fascinating. By the way, if you want to reach out to me, you can tag me on Instagram. I am at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery.
2: Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip.
0: This week I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What would you find, Eric?
1: I found a great new discovery called Life Lapse. It is a stop motion camera for iOS and Android. And it is the best one I've seen that does this stop motion camera. Short clips of video that uh, you know jump from thing to thing. You've seen these. You've seen uh, different people do like cooking demonstrations where it shows you the stuff cut up really quickly, and it you can follow along, but you get the steps. That's what stop motion uh, is probably best used for in terms of marketing. Uh,
0: uh, Just so we're clear, stop motion is not is not video. It's pictures, right? It's just a bunch of pictures, kind of like. Put together yeah, yeah. like a video.
1: It's yeah. It's well. I mean, it it, it ex- exports it out as a video, and in, in the end. But as you're making it, it's 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 snapshots that give the appearance of motion.
0: Got it. So, so how yeah. does it work exactly?
1: Yeah. So one of the, so how this works is, and and again, the reason I think this this is the best example of how this works is it gives you a ghosted image. Of the last thing that you took uh, a still of. And what that helps you do is reposition the next image, and you can kind of judge how far you want the appearance of motion uh, to happen between the ghosted image and the one that's coming up.
0: So it's kind of like it takes the image that you just took and it makes it semi transparent so you can kind of position whatever the move is. Is that what I'm hearing you say?
1: Yep, that's exactly right. And, And by being able to have that as a reference point to judge the, you know, know, the next motion or the, as opposed to the last motion, that's where the magic is.
0: So what's the application here?
1: Well, again, I've seen these videos. I mean, again, it's, it, it appears as a video. You play it as a video. It's obvi- I, I see it a lot when it's a square video and it's a cooking video where it's, you know, it's the chopping up of the, this, and it's the moving of this and it's, you know, it's high speed. One of the things that, that is really helpful here is I, they even on their site have an example of a left and a right hand example of the same exact thing. It's an envelope that opens up as if by itself magically. And then all these leaves fly out. And the one on the left was made with $17,000 of worth of professional camera gear in over an hour. Whereas the one made with their app in six minutes is to the right. And you can really honestly not tell the difference.
0: So, Um, how long does each image stay up on for, I mean, like what's the, what's the, how many images do you have to take in order to get like a video? I guess that's the question I'm asking.
1: Well, I mean, honestly, it's really up to you. It's completely based on how long of a video you're wanting to go for. Um, the one that, again, the example one that I'm looking at is almost as if it's like a GIF, right? where it's a bunch, a series of images so like that like one
0: image per second kind of thing, or can you control yeah, the frequency? Kinda, yeah, of Yeah. Like
1: one, you know, one, one, every two to you know one second. And then it's, you know, that's uh, basically the ratio that you'd get. And then in the end, it gives you this, this motion feel and everything falls out and flies out and flies away or whatever. And it's, cool. it's great to, again, you could create gifs with this. You can create tutorial videos. Um, there's huh. so many different applications here creatively that you can go with.
0: Can you edit it after you're all done or not? Do you know?
1: Well, you would – I mean you would do some of that in camera for I sure. See. Like you could take the next still and, and change the duration um, cool. in the in the editing process. So, so
0: what's the – where do we find this thing? What's it cost?
1: Uh, it is free and you can find it at lifelapseapp.com. So that's L-I-F-E-L-A-P-S-E-A-P-P.com. And it's available for iOS and for Android. It's free for both. And then, you know, there's some some uh, tools here and there, filters here and there that are available for in-app purchase. But as a whole, it is a free app.
0: And can it do square versus vertical versus horizontal?
1: Yes. It's got all these different – let me see here. It's got, um, you know, the one-to-one, which is square. It's got vertical. It's got landscape. It's got all the different variations cool. there in terms of the awesome. um, sizes.
0: Lifelapse.com. Com is that right?
1: Life life
0: Lifelapse app.com. Life app.com. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit social mediaexaminer.com slash get updates.
1: Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide.
0: Today, I'm excited to be joined by Chris Mercer. If you don't know who Chris is, you need to know Chris. He is the world's leading authority on Google Analytics. He's the founder of Measurement Marketing, I.O., and he's also the exclusive trainer for Social Media Examiners, Google Analytics for Marketers seminar, an online event coming up really soon from the day of this publication. Chris, welcome back to the show.
2: Thanks, man. love having you uh, bring me on these podcasts and be able to chat with everybody and and ideally take away some of this misconceptions that are around measurement and what today it's all about attribution, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So today, Chris and I are going to explore how to track attribution on Facebook and Google. And I'm personally very fascinated by this topic and I'm excited uh, to dig into it. Maybe let's just start with what the heck is attribution, just in case some people don't know. Tell sure, us. I think it's a,
2: yeah, that's yeah, a great place. I think the from a high-level perspective, all attribution is, ever is, and there's lots of different things we'll talk about, you know, that'll that can make it more complicated than it than it needs to be. But attribution always comes down to what results is being tied to what particular traffic source. That's really all it is. So what caused what result to happen is all it ever is. So said so another way is an what, what gets
0: credit for the, what gets credit for the sale or the lead, right? I mean, is that really what we're.
2: Lead? Yeah. Whatever whatever the action is that you're, that you're trying to measure, whatever the result typically it would be like a lead or a purchase. So, you know, does which Facebook ad cause them to actually engage? Or was it an email that caused them to actually buy that sort of stuff is all attribution ever is.
0: Got it. So, um, Let's talk about why this is not easy to figure out, (laughs) you know, um, let's talk about it a little bit. What are some of the biggest challenges when it comes to figuring this out when it comes to, you know, analytics and ad platforms and all that fun stuff?
2: Yeah, you know it's it's such a great question because when you when you it's it's if you Google attribution like you'll see so many blog posts about it and kind of how to figure it out and then all of a sudden there's like attribution models that exist which means you know you can sort of change the story of the attribution based upon uh, how you look at it right what perspective you use and we'll talk about that and I'm sure a little bit uh, in this. Uh, talk here. But there's also the fact of it depends who you ask. So what platform do you ask? For example, if you ask Facebook ads manager, and I'm sure that many people listening to this now have had this issue where you go and you ask Facebook ads manager and it says, oh, hey, congratulations, you sold 300 widgets. And then you go back to your cart And the cart says, oh, yeah, you sold 100 widgets. I don't know what they're talking about. Like, why are they claiming 300? You know, and then you see Google Ads and Google Ads says the same thing. Like, oh, yeah, you sold 300 widgets. You're like, great. So this is telling me I sold 600 widgets total between the two of them. And they're both telling me to spend more money. Right. And they're both saying that we attribute our ads to these sales. uh, But it's just not what's actually happening in reality. Um, And so that's, that's kind of what makes attribution a lot more difficult. I mean, at the end of the day, it is simple. It is just what traffic results, what, you know, what, what traffic caused what results. Um, but it can be really complicated based upon what platform you ask. And and uh, sometimes you think you're asking Facebook kind of, um, you know, how it, how it came to play in, in all of your traffic patterns, but Facebook can only see Facebook, right? It can't see the other uh, traffic that's coming in through Google ads or email or things like that. So it's only going to tell you the Facebook version of
0: the truth. So let's talk about this a little bit because uh, Facebook has, I think the ads, the ads manager, and then they have this thing called Facebook attribution. Um, Let's talk about that for a second. Do they both attribute differently? Why would you use one over the other? Let's talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, they do. That's a good, good point. So, Facebook ads manager, so every ad platform has in a built-in attribution in that base, in that base definition of attribution, meaning they're going to record the result and try to tie it into whatever the ad was, right? That, that caused whatever result is that you're trying to measure for like leads or purchases. Then there are attribution tools that are created. So ads manager is doing attribution for the ad level and it's recording stuff there and that's it. Then there are attribution tools, which Facebook recently created, a tool actually just called attribution. Um, And the attribution tool, that tool is designed to be kind of like we talked about just a few minutes ago where I said, you know, ads ads manager doesn't see anything else besides Facebook. And that's true. And that will probably always be that way. It only sees Facebook ad stuff. But the attribution tool that's within Facebook, you can actually set it up so that it sees all the other traffic sources. And then ideally, you get at least a, a slightly better picture of how the different traffic sources are actually causing the results that you're looking for. Um, Google actually has the same thing. Google Analytics also has an attribution tool that's built in. So Facebook is kind of the newest player to this model to try to help figure out attribution.
0: Well, and Google has uh, what they rename it. It's Ad, it's not AdWords anymore, but Google ads or whatever. Right. And that, yeah, yeah,
2: Google ads is kind of the equivalent of the Facebook ads manager side of things. And then Google technically has this attribution, like a totally separate attribution tool that they are working on too. So they have access, uh, especially the higher level accounts, like the 360 accounts, the paid versions have access to that. Uh, and then you've got, tool. you've also
0: got Facebook analytics somewhere in there, which is yet another and you've got tool. Facebook
2: analytics and Google analytics. Yeah. Do you see why all of a sudden it becomes really complicated <laughs> yeah. and you're like, how's, how's anyone supposed to get an answer to this stuff? Like I just want to know, like, and this is this is the funny thing. You just want to know what's working and what's not. Like that seems like such a simple question to answer, right? Uh, but so, it's not. It can get really complicated really fast because of all these different tools that are
0: available. So, so I guess the promise of tools like Facebook attribution, which is a standalone tool, or Google Analytics attribution tracking—I guess if they call it—the promise of those tools is what exactly that they'll somehow look beyond. Just Facebook or just Google and track it all beyond their platform. Yeah, so that's and that's the difference between a tool that is
2: designed for attribution versus the ad platforms, right? Because the ad platforms, again, they only—it's not their fault—they just only have access to the ad information. So of course, they're going to tell the story from that perspective. because That's all they see. But the attribution tool is is more all inclusive of the different traffic sources, so that you can see interplays between the different traffic sources um, and how they're how they're sort of. Um, Working together to achieve a certain result. And again, that can be in the Facebook Attribution tool or in the Google uh, attribution tool. and and there in Google Analytics, there's a little attribution. Section that you can also uh, see that information as well. Just but that's to cl- the yeah, just to they, clarify,
0: yeah. is Google? If you have Google Analytics, do you also have Google Attribution, or is that yet not another tool from Google? So
2: the attribution tool is a is a separate attribution tool. It's that's very high level at the moment. Uh, my understanding is they may eventually make that a, a free option. But that said, in Google Analytics, there is an attribution modeling tool that will take care of uh, most of what we're talking about here today. So if you have Google Analytics, you essentially have this attribution uh, model. tool tool that we're going to talk about.
0: Okay. Now the next question is why is it so hard to track attribution? So here's, here's why. And if you think about, if you think about, and this is how I like to to try to
2: understand and learn things. I always try to relate it to like the offline world, like to the real world, right? Like get out, let's, let's stop talking about digital because it can get really confusing really quickly and just think about the offline world. So if I, uh, am trying to figure out where to go to dinner and you and I are having a conversation and we happen to be in the same town and I'm like, Mike, listen, where's a good place for dinner? And you say, Hey, go to this Chinese spot. It's awesome. I will go to that Chinese spot and it will be awesome. And if the manager of that Chinese restaurant said, Hey, how did you, how'd you find out about it? I have my buddy, Mike sent me boom attribution, Right. right? Right. That manager now knows Mike was a referral who caused me to purchase the Chinese food attribution done. And, and that is, is actually pretty simple. To, to see. And it's and it's really, really hard to actually confuse that because there's just nothing else involved. It's you and me and the Chinese restaurant and that was it. But let's take that same scenario and say it was me and you having this conversation earlier in the day. And I said, hey, I want to go out to dinner. Maybe where's a good place? And you're like, Oh, did you check out this Chinese food place? I'm like, oh, great, cool. I'll, I'll probably do that. And then I run in later to another friend of mine later in the day and I tell them the same thing. And I say, listen, you know, I, I'm kind of thinking about going to this the, you know, Chinese food place. What do you think? And they're like, well, you know, it's 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 pretty good. And I'm like, okay. Um, And then I talk to another friend, and I say, yeah, I'm thinking about going to this Chinese place. And they're like, oh yeah, you should definitely go. It's amazing. They've got these great dumplings. I'm like, okay. So now I go in, I order dumplings. So Chinese. The manager comes. the Chinese place comes up to me and says, great. How did uh, how'd you hear about us? Yeah, who do I give cre- a couple give of my credit- friends right? <laughs> right. Who do I give credit to? Do I give credit to Mike because Mike was the one who first planted the idea in my head? Do I give credit to the last friend because the last friend talked about the dumplings and that really pushed me over the edge? Do I give credit to the middle friend because the middle friend kind of kept my interest in it? He didn't say it was horrible, <laughs> right? So, and that's and that is what is called multi-touch attribution, and that is why attribution gets really complicated really quickly, because it's tough to say like you would want to claim credit for that, especially if the manager is paying a referral fee, right? right? And the, who who gets that? And you would want to be able to claim credit for that because you were the first one that caused it. Uh, But my, the buddy that was talking about the dumplings, like he's going to want to get credit for it because he's the one that said, no, I gave him a reason to go. So I should get more. And you're kind of both right. And that's, and that's where attribution gets complicated because I can slice and dice the you know, let's say there was a referral fee of 10 bucks that the manager was paying out in that example, you know, do I give all the $10 to you? Do I give half of it to you and half of it to the, the friend at the end? Do I give a third to each one? And that's really what attribution modeling is all about—is trying to figure that out. How do you slice and dice the referral fee?
0: Apply this online now. So now, how yeah. would how would this work online? So you saw so, so go ahead.
2: online. Let's say I'm looking for a, an assistant. I'm gonna like a Google Assistant, right? Like a little Google Home Mini or something like that. So I go to to search for that because I'm kind of curious, and I search. And so Google search says, "Hey, there's this Google Home Assistant." Blah blah. I check it out. I go to this page. I'm like, "Yeah, that kind of looks interesting," but I don't purchase. Right? I just I'm really interested in it now. So then I go to Facebook and I want to go, you know, interact with some friends and share some stuff of what's going on. Um, Maybe, you know, maybe ask some opinions, but probably not. I'm just kind of lost in what's happening on Facebook. And all of a sudden, guess what I see? I see an ad that talks about Google Assistant 20% off. I'm like, oh, it's interesting. And I click on that, but I don't purchase. And then... I uh, come back later and I do another search. And this time I see an ad that's very specific that says, hey, it's, you know, 25 bucks off. and It's buy one, get one free. And like, this is a no brainer deal. And I go to it and I buy at that point. So now what's happened in this journey, in this digital journey of me buying this, this home, uh, Google Home Assistant. I had search, which kicked it off as a traffic source, Google organic in that case is what would show in, in, in platforms like analytics. Then I had a Facebook ad that clearly retargeted me by whatever company was selling it, right? Retargeted me on Facebook. So I've got a Facebook ad that's in play. And then I had a Google ad that showed up when I did my second search to say, Hey, he's back. Let's really close the deal. Let's give him a reason to buy it today right now. And so that and that actually is what caused me to, to purchase it. And so now let's assume, you know, just keeping math the same, let's say it's a $10, you know, thing that we need to split up over these traffic sources. Who gets credit? Was it search? Because search is the one that initially said, hey, consider the Google Home Assistant, consider this location, consider this business or whatever. Was it Facebook? Because it gave me a reason to go back and, and consider a purchase. Was it Google Ads? Because Google Ads really got me to actually buy
0: and, yeah and then when it gets yeah. even more complicated let's just say you happen to be um, an email subscriber to the company that's selling the product right you and imagine
2: yeah what if what if i signed up for coupons
0: and then i came in and bought through email or what if a pop up ad came as you're about to exit the sales page and it had a free offer and you got the email and then they went through an email nurture sequence and then they ultimately ended up getting closed after an, another Facebook remark and you start to see like which one gets credit, right? It's like, wow, they all contributed in some way.
2: Yeah. And that's, and it's, this is the best part is like when you go back to the ads platforms when we we're talking about ads manager or Google ads, the actual platform, right? Those would all say we sold you a widget, right. right? I only bought one widget, but if you go back to the Facebook, if, if let's say you own this company and you were checking to see how did, how did I sell this widget? This, this home assistant, it would say, oh, Facebook would say, well, I, I did it and, Google ads would say, well, I, I sold one too. And you're like, well, how could you sell two? Cause there's only one that was sold, but they're, and, and they'll track
0: it even if they don't, if you didn't click on the ad, if you just yeah. saw the ad, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, this, the, well,
2: the, so, so there is, there is a difference between click through and view through. So if I click on the ad Facebook by default, now you can change these and I recommend that you do. Um, but by default, you've got a 28 day attribution window in click. So when I, when I click on it, Facebook's going to kind of start a clock and they wait 28 days. And if I make that purchase, Right or whatever that action is, I'm trying to to get if I'm becoming a lead, or whatever. But if I make that action happen within 28 days, Facebook will claim credit. If I bought a month later, that ad should not get credit because it's beyond that 20. And let's
0: way. be honest, 28 days is kind of crazy for Facebook to claim credit, it's, right? It's a long time. I yeah, mean, like, this, you honestly, have the option like, to go one, seven, or 28. If I'm not mistaken, right? So what exactly do you recommend? Right. Seven, shorter,
2: shorter. Yeah, typically seven. Um, I keep it on the shorter end. And the way the way that I think this through is, I go, how is this ad? designed to work, right? So does anybody ever create a Facebook ad that's designed to work 28 days later or sometime in the next 28 days? No, of course not. They're designed to get an action relatively quickly, typically within a day, right? Most of the time, that's how the ad is designed to work. So I try to pull the attribution to, to define that, that designation. So if I if I'm designed to this is there's an ad and here's why because there's typically an ad behind that right. So if you if I if you sent me an ad on this Google Home Assistant and I did not take advantage of it, you're going to send me another ad the next day. And let's say I don't take advantage of it, don't don't click or whatever. Even if I did click and I didn't buy, you're going to send me a different ad later probably. And they're all going to get credit, right? That's that's the thing. Well, technically, it would be the last ad that would get credit in the Ads Manager. I see. But. But the thing is, the attribution windows, like you're not designing an ad that's designed to get to have me take an action sometime in the next three days. It's designed to probably get me to take the action pretty much right then, right? When I when I click on that ad and and I'm going to buy or not buy, but certainly within a 24 hour period. And so if and if it doesn't do that, then I don't think it should get credit. But there'll be another ad right behind it that you could also have a one day attribution window or even a three day or or do you know if you can
0: do that at the ad level or just at the account level? Because I know you can Uh, do it at the account level on Facebook.
2: Yeah, it's I believe it is just at the account level. You sort of have to. What's
0: Google's attribution window? Do you know? Yeah. Well, so, so Google ads is the
2: same, like Google ads will do the same thing and you can also adjust it and, and rein that in. So, but uh, if you don't
0: change it, you're going to be stuck at what 30 days or something like that. Uh,
2: right. Yeah. Yeah. Almost by default, they almost, almost all platforms just assume they're 30 days. Um, so if you take one
0: thing from this conversation, go change your attribution windows to like seven days or less is what I'm hearing you them say. Up.
2: Yeah, tighten them up unless unless for some reason you do have a system and there and there probably is an outlier example out there somewhere where it's like, hey, this is designed to get them to take action sometime in the next 28 days. Like, okay, like if that's how you want it to work and that's how it's designed to work, then it makes sense to have an attribution because you can you could actually go longer. You can make them as 90 days like you can blow out these attribution windows a lot. Um, But I think most of the time it is tighten them up and you'll get a more useful version of kind of what's happening. And it does help you to avoid the duplication. Because let's say day number one, I click on the, let's say everything's one day just for sake of of uh, visualizing this or, or thinking this through. So if I click on day one on a Facebook ad and I don't buy, and then let's say day three, I click on Google ads and I do buy. And if I look back in the ads managers on both platforms, Facebook will not claim credit for the sale. Google ads would. And that would be actually kind of useful. Like that that, that keeps me from deduplicating. But if they both had the standard windows, they both would claim credit.
0: And you wouldn't really you wouldn't really know which one was the last one, is is the key, right?
2: Yeah, unless you looked at something like you have to bring in a third party platform like Google Analytics to actually see, okay, what was first,
0: who assisted in the sale, got and, it. and,
2: and that sort of stuff. But now, yeah,
0: tightening up those windows solves a lot of problems. Now, this is just one part of the challenge. Let's talk about the device side of the challenge here, because this is another side of the equation, right? <laughs> yeah. Cross-device.
2: So this is that same digital, which is already complicated, right? You're already, you already think multi-touch attribution, and and we talked about digital, and then if you and you think you think about okay, was it search or was it Facebook or was it Google Ads? How should I get credit? Well, what happens if I start on a desktop and then I go to a mobile phone? Right. And I actually start. And
0: then you end up on a laptop. Right.
2: (laughs) And I end up on a laptop on, on my friend's laptop, maybe for that matter. Like this stuff happens in the real world. Right. And so it becomes incredibly difficult to track the user across devices. Now, the ad platforms are getting much better at it. Uh, Facebook's getting really good at that. Google's getting really good at that. They're, they're, you know, changing how they measure across. So the ads managers, believe it or not, actually are, are still kind of going, yeah, we got credit for those. Like we tracked them, but your attribution tools, it's a little bit tougher uh, to make that through, especially something like Google analytics. Cause it doesn't naturally easily track across devices. Um, and it's, and it's a lot tougher to, to see that journey. So it's absolutely something uh, to
0: consider. You would think Google analytics should track across devices because you've got almost every website on the planet is going to have Google Analytics and the Facebook pixel installed on the website. Yep. And I would imagine this is probably a benefit to Google Analytics over Facebook, because if if you think about Facebook, most of it happens in app, right? Yep. And you think about um, Google, it usually happens in browser, right? So yep. um, my guess is that M- no one would be logged into Facebook in browser, but they probably would be logged in to Google in browser potentially. I don't know, I could be totally off here, but
2: no, you're, you're definitely not. In fact, that's why there's a, a new a relatively new that uh, system that Google is continuing to roll out, which is Google signals. Right. So Google signals is where Google is doing that. It didn't used to be that they would even look at that information. They've always had it, but they just weren't they weren't looking for it. Um, And now they're they're actually pulling that stuff in and saying, OK, we're we're going to have to because Facebook does it right. Facebook tracks everything on from everyone all the time. Right. And and so Google also because they've always had the ability to do it. They just didn't really want to go down that road. Um, And I think Facebook paved the way that they, they had to make this. And that's what Google signals is. So Google signals is anybody who has ads personalization turned on, which is imagine most people, because that's how you get the, a good experience on the internet, right? You want to have relevant ads and all that sort of stuff. So it's defaulted, it's defaulted on, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's my understanding is that it is. Um, and so if, if you have that turned on, then it is able to track you across devices. Um, and, and that helps with attribution. Right. That, that helps. And that helps on the Google Ads side of things. When you see it, it actually says, yeah, that's, that's how that's happening. And that's how Google ads man or sorry, Facebook ads manager is also doing it because they're taking advantage of that. And that's why I say that the ad platforms are actually really good about tracking through devices because they, they need to be, but tools like Google analytics that you don't get all of that data. Uh, that comes through with cross device. You do get some, and there are cross device reports. Facebook analytics is the same way they have cross device reports, but, but they pretty much just tell you things like they started on this device and they, when they completed the action, they were on this device. So you can kind of get an idea of, you know, do people mostly start on desktop and then buy on mobile? Do they mostly start on mobile and then end up on desktop when they purchase? Um, and that can help you kind of design a user experience, um, sort of thing, but it's, but it's very general. Uh, data
0: that's now had. this signals thing is that something we need to, a special app we need, or is that just somehow it's,
2: it's not? It's actually part of Google Analytics, um, and you'll see this if you go into your Google Analytics and you have not set this up. So, there's two different things one, if you have set it up, you'll just it'll it'll already be there, and, and you'll you'll see a cross device report with data. If you haven't set it up, you're going to see a blue bar across the top of your Google Analytics that talks about hey, Google, Google Signals is available and you can enable it because you do need to allow google analytics to have that data come into it you have you you because you have your own analytics installation and google's not just going to push this data into it data is a data is a tricky thing nowadays right so you want to make sure that everyone's got the right permissions set up and that you've got your right permissions set up and, and everything else and that's what google signals is there for is to to allow that data to come through but to also give you a way to say hey we're not ready yet Uh, so I don't want that. I don't want to even know about it yet. And then once you are ready, you say, yep, enable this information. Then it all starts flooding through into your, into your Google Analytics account. And you can see that.
0: Now, if I'm not mistaken, is this the report that shows you if that started on a mobile and then a desktop and then a mobile? Yep. Oh, guys, this is so powerful. I mean, you have to do this (laughs) because here's the thing, like, because we set this up, when we were advertising social media marketing world, one of the big questions we were asking ourselves is, should we advertise on mobile, knowing that most of our users on Facebook are on mobile? And we were able to look at this report and we were able to see that that 99% of the sales started on a desktop and ended on a desktop. So they would go desktop, mobile, desktop, but they would never go mobile, desktop, or mobile, mobile, you know, they were crossing devices, but they were always starting and ending on the desktop in this particular case, because it's a complex sale, right? Getting a ticket mm-hmm. to a conference. So that allowed us to to cut our budget because we realized, okay, why waste money advertising on mobile um, when we know it's not contributing to the sale?
2: Yeah, because no. they're less likely to take the action that you want them to take on that device. Exactly right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, um, let's talk about, you know, we, we, we've we talked about why this is so hard to track. Um you mentioned the phrase attribution models and what do we need to know without getting super technical here what are our options Um So that's yeah that's a good question so know know that there are different ways of looking at it and it,
2: and it goes back to like if you think about the whether it's the example of me buying this Google Home assistant online that we talked about or just asking a friend out where to go out for dinner and there's three different friends that that told you the same spot you think about how do i attribute that and that's what the model is so there is something called the first touch model which means okay of the value of the transaction and i'm, and I'm gonna use that chinese uh, food example just the restaurant example because i think it's the easiest to sort of wrap your head around so if, if the value of that meal if the manager was going to pay 10 bucks as a referral fee to somebody the if it was first touch model if they were using the first touch model they would say oh well mike will get all ten dollars because mike was the first touch he was the one that caused it to even be a thing in the first place so he gets credit 100 percent. on the opposite side there's a model called last touch and in that example if would be my third friend who was talking about the dumplings and so last touch says okay well 100 of the value of the referral fee so 10 bucks in that example the restaurant manager is going to give our friend that talked about the dumplings he's going to get 10 bucks and mike wouldn't get anything for it because mike didn't actually cause me to walk in my that third friend did right the one talking about the dumplings. so he gets all 10 bucks that's last touch So you've got first touch and you've got last touch. And then there's other models that are the in-between those where you can say, oh, well, uh, he talked to Mike first, but he shouldn't get all of the credit. He should just get some of the credit. So we'll give him like maybe 30% of it. And the middle guy should get a little bit, but just a little bit. So maybe he gets like 10% and then the rest can go to the last touch because he's the one that really caused it. Um, And everything in between. There's also something called time decay, which is, oh, if he talked to Mike two weeks ago. You know that was pretty far back in time i don't think that was really that much useful but we'll give him a dollar right um and then if somebody talked if he if hey he just talked to him five minutes before he walked in well that's a lot closer to actually causing the action so he'll get more so there's different ways of slicing and dicing the that kind of referral fee and that's that's all the attribution model is and the trick is there is no right quote-unquote attribution model there are just different ones and so what happens is let's say that you were the facebook vendor and you were doing a lot of first touch. So for example, let's say there's an online funnel where uh, the customer journey basically goes Facebook to a lead of some sort. Maybe it's like Facebook to uh, a blog post where there's content. And the goal is that they become a lead. And so that's what Facebook's doing is it's doing a lot of that. But they're tracking to the sale, right? They, they're trying to make sure they're getting an ROI on this ad campaign. But what what the necessary journey is for the customer is they have to become a lead. And then the email closes the sale right? Right? They they come leave the email, closes the sale. Well, what happens is Facebook is, you know, they're, they're always assisting. They're never going to get this, this idea of credit for last touch. So if the attribution model is last touch, email would always get the credit. Facebook would never get the credit for that, but they do kind of have something to play in that. Um, and that's where it gets complicated because you, you can say, well, if you're the Facebook vendor, you kind of want a first touch model and you want to be able to say, yeah, give me a hundred percent credit because without me sending them to you in the first place, you'd never, you being email, let's say this example, you'd never have that email address because without me, you would never even have got them to become a lead. So email shouldn't get any of the credit. Right. Right. And of course, if you're the email vendor, you're going to be like, no email should get all the credit and you, uh, you want last touch. Right. And so there's, there's this natural sort of, uh, back and forth that happens on the model. So it sort of depends upon what story do you want to tell to, and that sort of helps you with the model. Like, okay, if I want to tell, if I want to give all the credit to Facebook, this is what the model I'm going to use. If I want to give, or the first touch this is the model. Otherwise i want to use last touch or something in between. So, uh, so uh,
0: since we're talking about Facebook and Google, yep. what are our options with those two platforms? So same, same. You, you still have Facebook. You can uh, choose all the different options platform. you want. Yeah. Yeah. You can still, you can still choose those options. What's uh, the, what's we, the we, default we, out of the box set at?
2: I, most of them were last click. By default,
0: So last last touch attribution or
2: last touch or last click. So,
0: so that's the default out of the box, but you do have the option to go in and change that. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Correct. Yeah. And you can, you can do that in the attribution tools and it's because the attribution tools
2: are what have the attribution models. So in Google analytics, you can go to the attribution section in Google analytics and you'll see all the different models there in Facebook attribution. You have the same thing.
0: Got it. Okay. And what do you recommend? I mean, like to your clients and stuff, because obviously, you know, I mean, does it depend on the circumstances or what's your thoughts? You know, it's funny cause this is a question
2: and it's always, it's always struck me as interesting when somebody is asking the same question for years, I almost automatically go like, should we be asking this question anymore? Like, it seems like if hundreds and thousands of people keep asking this over 20 or 30 years (laughs) and nobody has the answer yet, that we just have to stop asking the question in this way. And everyone keeps asking, like, what's the right attribution model? Like, how do we do that? And nobody seems to have an answer. They're always like, well, it depends. And it's the same thing I just talked about, right? So basically it's always a version of that. It sort of depends. It depends what you want to see. And that's scary for me. Like if I can change the answer, if I don't like it and I can just change the way I calculate the answer and then make it look better, that's, not better. That doesn't give me an answer. It just makes it look the way I want it to look like, but it doesn't actually change reality or help me take an action. So what I prefer to do is to rethink attribution. And instead of always thinking about attribution to the sale, which is what I think most people think about default, right? They always think about that referral fee, how much money am I making? Um, instead of tracking to that, Break it out in a. understand that you have a series of sales. Yes, the credit card, getting that credit card information and actual the payment, like that is the ultimate sale. And that's the one we all know and love. But there's other sales, quote unquote, that have to happen along the way to get to that point. So first I have to be exposed to the brand. I have to understand that you even exist, right? Then I have to understand that I, I am aware of that. Like maybe not just that I was exposed to it and I was, like, oh, this is the wrong spot. I'm not interested in shoes. I'm out of here and I leave. Like say so you're a shoe store. I need to actually understand that, yes, I'm actually in the shoe store and I want to be here. I'm actually looking at the right stuff. Then I have to actually engage. I have to look, I have to search, I have to, you know, try on different shoes. If it's a physical shoe store, if it's an online shoe store, I'm using filters to look at different categories of shoes or sizes or styles and I'm engaging in different areas. And then I have to add the cart, right? Or walk up to the counter to pay for this. So are are you suggesting
0: we should have lots of little goals along the way that we're tracking?
2: Essentially, that's it. So your ads become – they have – and this goes back to that concept we talked about of design your ad. Like you think about what it's designed to do. So going back to our example, we talked about the Facebook content marketing play where it's Facebook goes to a blog post, they become a lead, and then email closes the deal. Well, that's how the customer journey is designed to function. So Facebook should never be judged necessarily on how many sales it's creating. Because it's not designed to create a sale. Now, if it accidentally sells something, somebody comes in there and creates a, a session from Facebook and they accidentally buy, awesome, but that's bonus. That's not what it's designed to do. So, wait, it's wait, hold on. To so, what, what I'm to
0: hearing you is if you're pushing ads to content, then you should be tracking the consumption of the content or the subscription to the content more content yeah. instead should, of instead you of the sale what
2: the action is that the ad is designed to do and think from a last click perspective right right so because that's the easiest to track and like i said that that avoids this whole multi-touch attribution problem because once you have seven different traffic sources involved in a sale it's like who gets credit for what like, i don't know it depends what viewpoint you want it,
0: but it doesn't solve the remarketing problem when you're remarketing on google and facebook and they both contribute to the sale there just isn't going to be an easy solution to that is what i'm hearing you say right
2: Well, they're, they're theoretically would if they're, if you have tight attribution windows, right? So let's, let's go back to, so content, get some started. Now they're on my page and I'm going to retarget. So I've got another ad. So the content ad got its job done because I tracked to an engagement goal, let's say as an engagement objective. And I fired a conversion and it's, and it's happy and I can see that that's happening. And I'm thinking about this in terms of like a sales pipeline, right? Right. So I have people that now they've engaged, but I've got to get them to buy. So now I have My other ads come in and those ads, my retargeting ads, but those ads are designed to get them to buy. So I could have Google ads do that and I can have Facebook ads do that. And so what happens is I'm going to do a last touch model. And so I'm going to say, whoever was the last one is who's getting credit. So it makes it really easy. I can still have both that I can still have budgets for. And they're both targeting my engage my, these people who have already been engaged now and they just need to move them to buy and they're both targeting them. And so if you go to Google ads and you're, let's say you're doing a search or whatever, and you see a Google ad or display ad somewhere or something like that, you click on it and you don't buy, but then I go to Facebook and I see a different ad, but it's retargeting me for the same thing. And I do buy, well, that let's say there's a $10 referral fee that 10 bucks goes to Facebook. Google ads wouldn't,
0: wouldn't get that. And the way we do this is with UTM parameters and let Google, uh, apply the, the goal to the last action. Is that what I'm hearing you say? And and the conversion pixel it's specific to the ad platforms in that case. So you'd set up the
2: conversions to fire for that. So I fire I would fire a sale convert. So for example, in the in the Facebook ad for my retargeting ad, the objective would be a sale or purchase. Right. In in that exact example, because I'm retargeting my engaged audience and I'm trying to get them to purchase. I do the same thing for Google Ads. I'd f- I use something like Tag Manager to fire back a conversion pixel. It says yes, a purchase happened, and it would and it would go back to those platforms, and then what I would do in the, the, but the Facebook content one, that would be a separate conversion for engagement. It wouldn't track to the purchase. So that ad would never know that a purchase ever happened because that's not what it was was designed to do.
0: Got it. Um, all right, well, let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about the Facebook attribution tool and how it differs from what we get inside of Google analytics. Um, a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, because I think some people are going to be fascinated and want to understand what that Facebook attribution thing is exactly that tool.
2: Yeah, so this is something, if you go back to business.facebook.com, so this is your business manager site in Facebook, and you go to the big mega menu they have set up there, um, there is a, a section of it called attribution. So you go in there and you click on attribution. The biggest difference between this tool and the sort of standard attribution tool, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the free Google Analytics one because that's the one that everybody has access to. So Google Analytics that has a little attribution modeling tool in there too. The biggest difference between these two is Facebook's needs to be turned on and set up. So just because you have, uh, even if you're running ads, just because you have a Facebook ads manager and you're kicking out tons of ads. That attribution tool is not doing anything. And the pixel and the, pixel
0: and the pixel isn't just because you have the pixel doesn't, even if you're not right. running ads, it doesn't mean it's tracking. Uh, exactly right. Anything, right? Okay. Yeah, exactly right. And that's different than Facebook
2: analytics, which is another tool they have. Right. So Facebook analytics stuff is tracking. You just have to sort of set it up to, to, you know, connect the dots, but then it's all there when you need it. Attribution. Once you set it up, it goes great. Now I'm going to start recording stuff. So it doesn't go back in time and say, oh, well, now that you want me to use this pixel, I'm going to go back in time and look up what happened in January. If you just set it up today, you're you're stuck with today forward.
0: Do we need to add um, more code to the website or is the pixel code no, that's no, already there? No, it's there. all done so,
2: within. It is, it's, it's very similar in style to uh, analytics and a, a little bit more complicated to get to on a, on a podcast because there's some steps to it. Yep. But I will tell you, there is an incredible um, article that was written on Social Media Examiner, actually, I believe uh, Charlie Lawrence wrote it. Um that was about how to get started with Facebook Ads Manager. So lots of pictures and diagrams. Ads Manager
0: or Facebook Attribution. Sorry, I
2: said Ads Manager. I meant attribution. Yeah. Cool. So it's how to use Facebook attribution.
0: We'll be sure uh, to link to that. Yeah, we we'll should sure do He, did, he
2: did a great job. Like, I, I reference it all the time. He did a great
0: job. Cool. We'll link that, that in the show notes. notes. So, so what I'm hearing you say is it's probably wise to just turn that sucker on and let it run, even if you don't think yes. you're going to use it. Am I right? Yes. Yes. 100%. Because,
2: again, you don't know. And if you decide, hey, guess what I want to use? Attribution. Then you're like, no, I got to go set it up. And now I got to wait. But at least if you have it set up, even if it's not perfect. Like, even if you're like, well, I'm not really sure, like maybe, uh, get it, get it good enough to get going, get it collecting something. Cause at least something's better than not knowing anything at all. Right. right? Uh, so at least get it back there. Then you can come back and make it better. And you might decide, you know what, this isn't really all that helpful. It's not helping me in, in a certain way. It's not like you have to use it. It's just that now you can have right. that option and you might still go back to Google analytics and use theirs. Cause it might be a little bit simpler to get through. That's totally cool, but at least you have the option. So I would absolutely recommend that everybody that's got a pixel, that's running traffic, from Facebook, uh, even, and technically, even if you're not, you can still use Facebook attribution tool. So do your best to get it set up, start those basics, follow that social media post or social media examiner post, because it's he did, it. like I said, he did an awesome job. Um, and it'll get you at least the basics in place.
0: And then if we already have Google Analytics, which I'm assuming everybody listening does, what do we need to do, if anything? Uh, you kind of alluded earlier, we might need to turn yeah. something on. Talk to us about no.
2: that. Nothing. That's kind of the cool part about the Google Analytics side of things. You just go into where it is, is uh, when you go into your analytics, you go into your conversions reports. And in that section, you're going to see something called attribution. And when you click into that, there's all the attribution models and you'll see the last touch and the first touch and everything else. Same thing you'll see in Facebook attribution. When you go there, you'll see where it says last touch and you can change the attribution windows there and play around with stuff. Same thing you do with Google Analytics. The difference is Google Analytics by the nature of the beast, really, most people are already using Google Analytics, so it already has a ton of data. So it's just already been set up, essentially, right? Um, so the attribution tool that's within Analytics has already got access to all the data. Got so it. you can start using that immediately. Uh, and I would, I would, I would use that first because I think it's also a simpler tool to wrap your head around. So if this is brand new, if the if you've never heard about attribution models, you've never thought about it, you can go to Google Analytics take the data you already have, and you can literally compare two different models back to back. You can say, well, what would it look like if it was last touch? What would that same situation look like if it was first touch? And you can see, here's what the traffic sources would get credit for, and here's how much money they would be generating based on which viewpoint you look through. And so it's a, it's a really great tool to, to get the basics of wrapping your head around attribution. And then you can meanwhile have the Facebook one kind of started and up and running um, because again, it's a little bit more setup required on, on that particular tool,
0: but the analytics one for sure jump into. Awesome, folks, as you can tell, Chris is an absolute analytics guru. Where can people track you, follow you, all that fun stuff if they want to connect with you? (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Measurementmarketing.io
2: is our site. So if you go to measurementmarketing.io slash SMMP uh, for social media marketing podcast, so measurementmarketing.io slash SMMP, uh, we've got some interesting free tools out there for you. There's a ton of ways to get started in measurement. Uh, You don't need to pay for anything. Just go back
0: there and, and take a look at what's there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Chris, on behalf of all my listeners, thank you for coming on today's show, sharing all your awesome wisdom. And, um, no, it's an honor on both counts. I appreciate you having me and happy to help. Well, I know we talked about a lot of stuff on today's show and I know it could be a little bit confusing. So we took all the detailed show notes for you. You can find them at social mediaexaminer.com slash three, five, eight. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the social media marketing podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world.
1: The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.
0: Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash Get updates.